One of the big challenges for information security and privacy officers is keeping up with differing and evolving national privacy laws. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group. And to discuss current and prospective privacy laws from around the globe, I'm pleased to be joined by Mark Roman. He's a member of the Board of Directors of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. Mark also is Executive Director and General Counsel for the Network Advertising Initiative, a self-regulatory organization for online advertisers and he served as the first Chief Privacy Officer for the Federal Trade Commission. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. What's the current landscape when it comes to international privacy laws in regards to the Internet and information technology? I think when we talk about global privacy laws, we tend to break laws into two categories. The first one would be what many refer to as the United States approach, which is a sectoral approach to privacy. We in the United States have federal laws that focus on specific sectors of our economy, such as HIPAA for healthcare, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and the Gramm-Leach-Bliley Act in the financial sector, and we have the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act on children's privacy, and other laws, focusing again on very specific sectors of our economy, particular kinds of data in sensitive areas. In contrast, we have more of an omnibus or comprehensive model, which is what we see in the European Union with the EU Data Directive, which is complemented by their e-privacy directive. And there, those laws set baseline principles that apply to the entire economy. And at the cornerstone of that approach is the idea that privacy is a fundamental right, and they impose obligations on governments and businesses in order to protect data sort of across the board. It has much more stringent regulatory obligations. There are more administrative burdens on companies. And again, it it applies across the entire marketplace um, as opposed to focusing on specific areas like healthcare or finance. How do you see privacy laws changing in 2013? There is a lot going on in the area of privacy on both sides of the Atlantic. And it's a really interesting time to be a chief privacy officer or a CISO and to be engaged in these issues. Starting, I guess, here in the United States, we have a very active Federal Trade Commission at the federal level. The FTC this past year issued a privacy report that presented a new comprehensive framework to examine issues around data security and privacy in both the online and offline world and offered some recommendations there. We've also seen the FTC take some very aggressive enforcement actions in the past against major companies such as Google, Facebook, Twitter, and other offline companies. And most recently, the FTC just issued a report around mobile applications directed at children, taking a really close look at mobile apps, transparency, and data collection. And we're likely to see mobile be a very big focus at the FTC. In the United States, that's not the only actor we need to look at when we think about privacy. Certainly, we look at what's happening in the U.S. Congress with recent hearings around ECPO reform, and certainly we have Al Franken, a senator very interested in mobile. Complicating that here in the U.S. is the fact that the states are very involved in privacy. Most notably, California has an online privacy law and other laws, which they are frequently looking to um, amend or modify. So you have the federal level, you have a state level, we have um, some hearings and some 
some action in Congress, although legislation not likely. And then there's also the self-regulatory piece in the U.S., which is really has traditionally been uniquely American, but we're seeing it expand to Canada and Europe, where companies come together to form a self-regulatory body to set their own standards that exceed current legal requirements, and then to police ourselves and demonstrate that industry is in the best position to set standards in areas like online advertising and enforce them. That's a very quick overview of what I see happening on this side of the Atlantic. You mentioned California. Just tell us a little bit about what the California law says and its impact beyond its borders, too. Well, I think that's always an issue with any state law. Certainly, every state has the ability to pass legislation. We've seen this particularly in the data security space, where we have well over 30 states now that each have a data breach law imposing obligations on a company that would experience a breach to, in certain circumstances, provide notice. California was the first state to have such a law, and that law had tremendous impact on the entire ecosystem outside the borders of California, given the size of the population and the importance of the economy there. Similarly, other privacy laws that are enacted by, the, by California are going to have impact across the, the entire United States. And most recently, we've seen California and the AG take some aggressive steps in the area of mobile applications and ensuring that apps like websites have privacy policies available for consumers. And so what's likely to occur is you're not likely to have a website available in California that will have a privacy policy or an app with a privacy policy. If you're going to do it to comply with a California law, you're likely to apply those standards across the United States, if not to all of your global operations. Paying attention to what takes place in California or other states is absolutely critical to a company operating in a national national or international level. What's going on overseas? So now looking at Europe, there are two initiatives that are really worth highlighting. The first is that the European Union has a proposed data protection regulation that would supersede the current data directive. It has some really interesting points in it that have been causing concern, actually, um, in both Europe and the United States for industry around what's being proposed in the regulation. There are potential benefits to a regulation, but some of the key issues are the size of penalties that are being proposed in this new regulation, which would be up to 2% of a company's global revenue for a privacy violation, which if you're a large company with multi-billions of dollars in revenue is a really significant amount of money. Other proposed ideas in the draft regulation are this notion of the right to be forgotten, which is the idea that a data subject or citizen should have the right to permanently delete or erase data about that person that exists online. And I'm sure anyone listening to this call who's, who's involved in online advertising or security can understand the tremendous challenges a company would face in trying to ensure that information posted online would have in ensuring that that is now completely erased, consistent with the notion of a right to be forgotten. What's interesting, though, about what's being proposed is that it would replace a directive. This would be a regulation, and that's a very important distinction when we think about European privacy law. Currently, we have a directive, and that allows all 27 member states of the European Union to interpret or transpose that directive in ways that are different. You could say that it sets a floor that allows for different countries to implement laws differently across Europe. I contrast that with what's being proposed, which is a regulation, which would be more like one standard that every European country would implement consistently, not allowing for flexibility from country to country, which obviously will have benefits for companies that do business across all of Europe to have one standard 
and also potentially allow companies outside Europe to register with one European country and have to deal with one European regulator. All of these particular issues that are in this draft are up for debate. They are hotly contested and being debated not only by industry but by different countries in the European Union. Different data protection authorities have different views on it. People are discussing the impact on the economy, concerns over overly burdensome regulation that may not offer significant benefits. Some countries are concerned about having some of their autonomy taken away and being sent over to Brussels where the European Commission and Parliament are. So it's hotly contested. The timeline on this regulation is interesting. Some people have suggested that we were likely to see um, a proposal by the middle of 2013 and actually have a, a vote called for by June 2013. But people that I have spoken to who are either involved in the process or more closely watching it, that is highly unlikely given sort of the contentious nature of discussions now um, over this regulation. But for anyone doing business globally, doing business in Europe, it is really worth taking time to look at this draft regulation, look at comments that have been offered by American companies or the Chamber of Commerce or the Department of State to understand where Europe may be going. The second issue is around the European e-privacy directive. In particular, I want to highlight something that many people refer to as the cookie clause. And this is the idea that, in simple terms, consumers need to provide opt-in consent before they engage with a website, online service, or content for cookies to be set by a website. That might sound strange to some people not familiar with this law, but essentially, if you go to websites even today that are in the United Kingdom or in the Netherlands, websites in order to comply with this law are now putting up window shades or pop-up boxes or dialogue boxes explaining to consumers that the website sets cookies, first-party cookies and third-party cookies, why they're set, and then offering different consent mechanisms for users. This also has caused some considerable debate across Europe because each country in Europe interprets this directive differently and each country is establishing different requirements. So, for example, in the UK, it seems to me that it is now consistent with their transposition of the directive to post a banner on your website, advise a user that you have cookies, and say something to the effect of, if you go forward and use our website, you are consenting to cookies. For more information, opt out here. Other countries, and I believe the Netherlands being one, is requiring more explicit informed consent through an action by a consumer clicking, yes, I'm okay with this. And this debate is playing out across Europe and influencing lots of other conversations in Europe and across the world, among them do not track. For businesses, is it the actual rules that are sometimes a challenge them or the inconsistency of the rules? It's both. It is the fact that particularly if you're a global business, you need to understand the laws in the United States at the federal level. You need to appreciate the nuances of state laws that may be implicated. And then when you look at the European Union, because they have directives in place, the different states in Europe have interpreted laws differently. So you need to understand the standard. But it's really challenging to try and implement or comply with standards that are not only different, but in some cases can actually be inconsistent and present a company with competing obligations. Very often what might happen is a company may feel that they need to comply with a highest standard because then at least they can apply that consistently across the board and not worry about different obligations. It's a challenging environment. It at least is one of the reasons why the European Union is proposing a regulation in this space which would lead to more consistency for companies, although it probably will result in higher standards and more obligations. Is anything happening internationally that sort of bridge the approach that Europeans take and the approach the U.S. takes toward privacy? 
That is a very important question. I'm certainly familiar with the efforts by the U.S. government, both with our Department of Commerce and the Federal Trade Commission, to engage in efforts to bridge that gap. I mentioned earlier that the Federal Trade Commission issued a privacy report last year, but the, the United States Department of Commerce also issued a privacy report. And the Department of Commerce hasn't been as involved in privacy over the past decade, but we're seeing a resurgence in their interest in privacy. Their report highlighted four key initiatives or priorities for the Department of Commerce. One of those priorities is interoperability between the U.S. framework for privacy and the European framework, making it easier, hopefully, for companies to engage in business globally, and importantly, making sure that information can travel across international borders when you're an international company. It's just impossible now to make sure that data from your server in you know, one country in Europe stays in Europe. So it's very much a priority for our Department of Commerce to try and enhance interoperability between the two approaches. Importantly, though, interoperability does not mean that the standards will be identical. Rather, it means that we share similar philosophies around privacy, which I believe is true. There are baseline concepts and principles of notice, choice, transparency, security that are important on both sides of the Atlantic. And so the idea is to create different frameworks that respect sort of different values and cultures and legal regimes, but those frameworks have to work together. If they don't, the impact on e-commerce is just potentially catastrophic. Thanks, Mark. My pleasure. I've been speaking with Mark Groman of the International Association of Privacy Professionals. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.